0: Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonata Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back.
1: wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget.
0: Engadget
2: What's up, Internet? And welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar.
3: I'm Reviews Editor Sherlyn Lowe.
2: And today we're joined by Senior Editor Jess Condit. Hey, Jess. Hey, good to be here. Glad to have you, as always. And also our producer, Ben Elman, will be chiming in quite a bit during this episode.
1: I resent you for taking me out of my comfort zone.
3: I think I think you secretly like it, Ben. You like talking about We're going to put you on the spot. This stuff.
2: And yeah. right now, <laughs> um, listeners, and I assume just like us, you've probably been cooped up in your homes for at least a week, perhaps more. Um, over the past few episodes, we've kind of dealt with how the the coronavirus pandemic is kind of reshaping the landscape of tech, of how we're working from home and mm-hmm. how we're receiving, you know, medicine from home through uh, through telehealth. Yep. So we want to take a slightly more fun angle this week. I want to just talk about games because I feel like for me and for a lot of people, Games right now are the perfect escape from uh, from the the hellscape of the real world. And also, mm. you know, we're stuck at home. What else are we going to do? As always, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Uh, leave us a review. Leave us a rating. All that stuff is really helpful. And if you have any questions, drop us an email at podcast So Jess, Sherlyn, Ben, I, I feel like there's only one game That's really the thing saving all of humanity at this moment. And I feel like uh, this is really the moment. Like, uh, yeah, Animal Crossing was made (laughs) for this era. Animal Crossing New Horizons just released on the Switch. I talked about it last week. I forced Sherlyn to play it because I knew this would be a game that would uh, tick all of her obsessive boxes. How is it going for you, Sherlyn?
3: I I hate you because, I mean, normally I already do, but like... I was resisting it Because I was like What do you mean All of my obsessive boxes What do you mean All of my OCDs uh-huh. And then I You were like You have to do it We're gonna talk about it On this show I was <laughs> like Alright well I guess it's for work So I installed it Reluctantly uh-huh. And then I opened it And like Started the setup And then the next thing I knew Five hours had passed And I hadn't eaten Or slept. Or sleeped? Slept. Slept. <laughs> uh-huh. Except, and I've been weeding the shit out of my island for don't five say, hours. Don't say I don't know
2: you and your tendencies, Sherlyn. Like, there you go. Like, ah. And what is Animal Crossing? It is such a hard game to describe. Like, if you have not played it, it is... It's like a social lifetime simulator. Uh, it's a game where you are a human entering a village that's uh, populated by animals. You get a house, and you just kind of live your life. You fish you hunt for bugs and it's just a weird life simulator it's a game that you're meant to play a little bit every day it's not like a game you can just like win which uh I think for right now just like having small little goals is is super helpful how's it shaping up for you Sherlyn
3: I take issue with the fact that you're like you're supposed to only play it a little bit every day because the amount of time to. I've spent <laughs> <laughs> on this game literally this morning I woke up and I was like I didn't get to, I checked my phone and then I was like I want to check my village or I check my island because that's what New Horizons is and then we had to start recording and didn't get mm-hmm. to, and I'm itching right now as we're recording my switch is next to me and I'm like I need to open up Animal Crossing <laughs> it's addictive it don't like for some of us we can get lost in it forever I think. That's what makes the
0: game so perfect for right now like it is something you can play for five minutes or for five hours and it's yeah. and it's the same kind of experience. Um, I mean we all need something to keep us entertained at home so so it works um, but yeah Animal yeah. Crossing isn't my isn't my series specifically <laughs> I've tried so many times to get into it <laughs> since the GameCube version. Maybe I'll try this one. I think I have to now.
3: You kind of have to, babe, so that you can come visit my island, I can visit yeah. yours, and then we can be friends. I think that, honestly, I think we should tell you all about my very first experience visiting another island, which happened to be the Vindress Island. Oh,
2: boy.
3: So we say islands a lot, right? In the past, mm-hmm. like, with the very first series, I think the was, the Vindra you were saying it was more like a village style. It was more villages,
2: what... like pre-established villages, whereas now you're, like, going in and, like, you know, civilizing this uncharted territory, right?
3: like a desert island deserted island mm-hmm. and then this is um that's what i guess that's what the difference is with new horizon mm-hmm. and yeah you're setting up a whole thing and so there my one of my favorite things about it and this is where it kind of brings people together is that you like you with an online account or online uh nintendo online yeah I guess. the switch you, online
2: yeah. account yeah
3: you can visit your friends and that actually expands your game experience, but it's also a lot of fun because I went to Dev's island. Do you want to tell them what you did, Dev? Um,
2: Well, so yeah, uh, this was also my first time doing multiplayer in this game. Yeah, Sherlyn took a a seaplane over to my island, and as soon as she arrived, I had to disinfect her because of the Rona. So I sprayed her with water just to make sure. He sprayed
3: me with water, and then he took an axe at me. (laughs) Which is like, and then we started dancing. And then I took I couldn't as a visitor I wasn't allowed to use my shovel or my axe. Otherwise, I would have been burying. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But then Sherlyn
2: gave me some peaches, which are the native fruits of her island, and I gave Mm -hmm. her some cherries, the native fruits of my island. The good thing about the game is that if you it it really rewards you for exploring, so you could Mm -hmm. sell exotic fruits um, for more than you can your local fruits. So. It's just things like that like this is a game where you know you're slowly building up your village it's always been a social experience too uh used to be the highlight was like local multiplayer um now with the switch nintendo's finally like leaning a little more into like collaborative online play which is very nice and i think in this uh yeah in the era of social distancing it is very nice to have a thing where you could just like go actually be social with somebody virtually you know
3: i will say that like um you know, Jess was saying finally that Nintendo uh, is adding this online thing. I will say that the experience still kind of is lacking, and Nintendo really isn't good at this. <laughs> where like you have to press so many like steps, like all the time, mm-hmm. always, There's so many a a a a. You had to join my friend list,
2: and then I had to send you an invite, and then you joined, and only after Shirlin actually came to my island and I approved her, could I request that Shirlin be my best friend, and then Shirlin had to accept that. It's a whole. It's, I get it because Nintendo's very very careful about online safety yeah. They've been more cautious than any other company and maybe to their credit because yeah you look they at, do with more children yeah look at what's happened with Facebook and YouTube and so many other platforms where you know these services don't care so much about how kids use them um, and things have kind of gone to hell Nintendo's always been really conservative so other new things this game is a lot more streamlined than any other animal crossing I played before like you come into this game you get a tent you talk to tom nook and like you have to as usual you're you're in depth to tom nook this damn capitalistic <laughs> uh raccoon uh but your early... kidnapper your kidnapper yeah early on though you pay off your debt just by doing stuff just by like talking to people uh you know uh, picking fruit fishing on your island you get these nook miles. They're almost like achievement points for just like mm-hmm. doing normal things in the game. So those are points you could use, pay off your initial debt, then you get a house and then you have to actually pay that with money. And then like, then the game is really starting because then you have to like figure out, okay, I got to I gotta make enough money to just like pay off this debt at some point. But also there's no pressure. There's no like, yeah. even, though, even though it's like, I, I'm going to end up being in another world where I'm being crushed by debt there's no interest rate there's no like forced payment um so you're kind of free to do whatever you want pay it off if you want or just like dick around on your island you know so i i appreciate the freedom right now
0: that's so funny that that's freedom like that this it's is the game we want to play is this, yeah. this indentured servitude simulator like okay that's fine okay
3: <laughs> I, I will say that Dev was totally right about my OCD where like, I feel like this game <laughs> bring is the best exemplification of my OCD where I like, you know, immediately cleaned up all the weeds and immediately like <laughs> killed all the bugs. I did not then... expect
2: that. I did not expect you to just start weeding like a damn robot, but okay, <laughs> I should have.
3: Because it also the other thing is that it makes money and then as like a financially responsible person, I kept paying off my debt first thing. So all I did was pay my debt, pay my debt. Oh I my have God. now 20,000 in savings while I pay down this $90,000 loan on that yeah. thing.
2: This says so There's... much about all of us as, as people, like how you approach this debt and everything. Exactly. But listen, so here's my experience with Trillin and games, right? Before <laughs> Sherlyn got a switch and started telling the entire world oh, she God. got a switch, uh, we had traveled you know, across the country for some things, like uh, Microsoft Build, and I remember sitting behind Sherlin on the plane and just be like, what is this, what is this girl doing? She's just playing airplane <laughs> games for friggin' five hours oh, to, until God. we get to Seattle or until we get to, you know, San Francisco or something, and it is it was what it was first hilarious. And then it just got to be kind of depressing and just really <laughs> sad. And then Shilin was just like in her zone for the, the entire flight, just staring at the screen. So look, look now I there's a real game, game you can play, Sherlin. <laughs> that's not Tetris on your I am, plane.
3: I am now part of proudly part of the hashtag Flying with Switch Crew. Good. But but I will say that like I don't know what game you saw me play, but in previous episodes in the one that Jess was on even, I talked uh-huh. about plants versus zombies and Honestly, that's what really got me into games. Like, I don't don't hate on that, like, humble airplane monitor. Dude, I do It's
2: great for it's what kids made me buy the Switch. to get into games. It's certainly Whoa. great. But I don't know how, Sherlyn, like, it just it took you that long. Whatever. I'm, not, I'm only going to make fun of you so long. I'm glad you're kind of <laughs> on board with this. Jess, so I know Animal Crossing is not quite up to your uh, speed right now. What, are, what is helping you stay sane and calm in this environment?
0: Oh, just a nice romp through hell. Um, okay. yeah, I've been playing mm-hmm. doom eternal.
2: Yeah. That's like Amazing. the, uh, direct opposite actually. To no, it, it really
0: is. We have, yeah, we have the animal crossing, fluffy, cute experience. And then we have the hellish, uh, like bullet screening yeah. landscape. Pentagrams
2: yeah. on earth. Apparently is, I've seen from some gameplay footage, like is just straight up like metal death. Imagery, yeah. right?
0: It's Doom. It's classic Doom. Like, this is one of my favorite series. You know, while, yeah, while people were playing Animal Crossing on GameCube, like, my cousin mm-hmm. had a GameCube with Animal Crossing, but I was <laughs> watching my big brother play Doom on PC, sitting on the floor mm-hmm. watching him play. You know, like, that's oh. kind of where I was at. Um, well, I wasn't allowed to play, obviously. Uh, I was Wait, young. so what do you do in Doom?
3: You go around shooting monsters.
0: So, yeah, Doom is just, it's like horde mode, basically. Just a bunch mm. of really cool-looking nice. demons are constantly coming at you and in doom eternal it's way more like parkour based than like Ooh. any of the other games i've played like you have to swing and jump and climb
2: uh, in a way Describing that you as really didn't parkour based is kind of uh, hilarious Jess. so i <laughs> love it i love it there's a lot of like hell movement, parkour right? yeah hell
0: parkour yeah. <laughs> hell parkour well, and you're you're wearing this huge suit like it's classic <laughs> doom like it's it makes no sense and it's fantastic um it's just yeah the the soundtrack is incredible it pumps you up
1: so apparently, there's a like glory kill kind of thing also, where oh, yeah. a big object is to stab demons with parts of themselves. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely That's amazing. <laughs> so like some of the some of the coolest moves you can do are glory kills. It's when you like you shoot uh, one of the demons and they start flashing because they're hurt so much, and then you can just like rush at them. And, uh, and you basically, you get this like mini cutscene of you just destroying them in creative ways. And a lot of that is ripping (laughs) off their own like tentacle and jamming it in their eye. It's
2: really cool. (laughs) Lovely. That was something that was in the 2016 Doom, right? Like the first like major reboot of the series, Mm -hmm. which I remember really digging. Uh, Everyone I think was kind of blown away that that movie, that that game was so fun and irreverent Mm -hmm. because it is, um... You know, the beginning of that game is just like Doomguy, it's kind of hinting at this greater mythology around Doomguy. Like, he's almost worshipped. But also, mm-hmm. you start the game off by, like, blowing up the thing that's giving you missions and just, like, flipping off the helpful AI advisor, I think, in that mm-hmm. game. So how does this evolve uh, Doom 2016? So you
0: actually remember the story of Doom, which is shocking.
3: Because <laughs> is there a I story? remember the opening I'm... moments. That remembers pretty... <laughs> a lot of things. That remembers I mean, a lot of yeah. things.
0: I know. It's true. This is why we love him. This is good. Um, <laughs> no, like, this this game actually has a legit story. There's a narrative happening. There are cutscenes with like you're you're fighting these specific you know demon gods and all this stuff. I couldn't I tell you this. the story beats though. <laughs> like cutscenes,
2: just... yeah. I don't want cutscenes in my Doom game. I've heard things, Jess. Like uh, can you can you give us a taste of like the? I hear you have a space castle. I hear like things just get wild. Oh, yeah.
1: Apparently, I hear you blow a hole in the surface of Mars. Ooh, I haven't
0: done that yet. So I'm about halfway through right now. <laughs> Spoiler. But, but it sounds great. Hey,
1: I've watched a lot of it
0: on Twitch, too, so I'm, I'm into it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's no, it's epic. I mean, it's always been like you're literally in hell or, you know, hell on earth or something like that. And now it's just like, it's, there are laser fire beams shooting into the sky. And yeah, you're Whoa. in space part of the time for some reason. It's very, very cool.
3: As an aspiring gamer... <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, can i play so i can't play this on switch obviously you
2: can um, play 2016 yet. doom on switch not this one i think mm-hmm. not yet. really Ooh. Yeah. And would you recommend
3: that i play that okay you you mentioned just now just that the soundtrack of uh, doom eternal you liked the that that reminded me i really love the the soundtrack of animal crossing mm-hmm. i honestly think that <laughs> the sound effects make it really feel like i'm on deserted island i not to take it's it back so... and not to deviate too far well, yeah, the but the
2: soundtrack it, is great too because like the, the opening theme is just like ukulele and just like chill it's super it's it's like a saxophone but it's deeply relaxing all these sound effects like i wrote about this in my review at Engadget, like they go straight up like asmr right like you're standing by trees and you're hearing wind wrestling through leaves you're hearing waves lapping on the shore and just like sitting there and hearing the sounds of the game i think are super soothing when as soon as you take off your headphones you're hearing like the news or you're going on twitter and It's not so relaxing. So yeah, Animal Crossing is the perfect escape.
1: Meanwhile, the whole vibe of Doom Eternal is just pulse-pounding action. In fact, I saw this guy (laughs) on Reddit Post a picture from his fitness tracker, and it showed his heart rate completely spike <laughs> and yep. stay spiked for yep. you know however long good. he was playing the game. It was up in the like one twenty BPM uh, range, yep. which is like light <laughs> okay. exercise.
0: See, this is the this is how we figure out the different types of people. You guys are playing a game to try to calm down. It's very soothing, has nice lapping waves, mm-hmm. and I want something yeah. that matches my anxiety. Come get on my level, mm. Doom. Come with. Me me and make my heart beat
2: even
0: faster i'm down for that yeah
2: i'm down for that honestly i depending on my taste and how i feel every day like i will i will vacillate between those two sides this is the power of games by the way they can take you to a whole new world they can make you feel something completely different and i love games because you know i'm a movie fan too i love movies i love tv but i don't uh i'm not as engaged with those things like they don't transport me in the Mm -hmm. way that a game does because you're actually controlling a narrative. Something like Animal Crossing you're building you know the story you tell that how you want like i had that experience with charlin where oh Sherlyn's on my island now what am i gonna do i gotta i gotta sanitizer because this is <laughs> right global pandemic i gotta like you know and that's i don't have to do that but i did that for fun i showed charlin yeah. my uh my little house and everything oh my and God. she judged my decor Devendra
3: has such a weird taste in you know <laughs> clothes furnishing clothes.
2: you didn't like my biker jacket and pleather pants oh that's Come cute on.
3: that sounds good
2: yeah. sure he, yeah. He, yeah,
3: he was like a show showman. He was yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you,
0: you know, I think now we have to um, take Doom Eternal's music and just put that over Animal Ooh, Crossing. We need to swap their music. That would be so good. Give me, the... give me some, give me some rustling leaves in Doom Eternal. That would be great.
3: Oh man, that would be nice.
0: I
2: will. I would love to do that. The other great thing about Animal Crossing, you could just like, yeah, you could put whatever soundtrack you want, like, because it's such a chill game. Um, where I I listen to podcasts while I'm doing that. I play uh, completely other soundtracks. Uh, betwe- so we've talked about Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal, both actually, which released on the same day. So it almost seems Ooh. like fate to give us like uh, these two options mm-hmm. for surviving our quarantines and uh, keeping ourselves sane. Shirlin, do you have any other things? Uh, I feel like there's one game you won't shut up about.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was because this was like wa- the whole reason I got the Switch was uh-huh. it's overcooked and overcooked too. And I'm that one crazy person who will play this multiplayer game single. Like I'm the only, I'm one person controlling two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's I think a cross between Animal Crossing and the anxiety level of Doom Eternal. It's just pure it, anxiety. Uh, it is it's, cute
1: it's, anxiety.
2: That's all. It's, it's pure, is. pure,
3: pure anxiety. But it's also cute characters and interesting sounds and ASMR sure. cooking sounds. Yeah. And I love that. I, I I mean, so basically, I think I've, I mean. It, if you don't know, Overcooked is where it's like a cooking sim, sort of, where you are uh, chefs in the kitchen, and each chef that you control has a role to play, and you put together an order and serve it up as fast as possible, and there's challenging obstacles in the way and all of that stuff. I mean, I loved it, but I kind of—and and to your point, Dev, like, watching a movie or watching a TV or whatever is great. Overcooked I, and— uh, Animal Crossing, I'll mm-hmm. play for like five hours and look up and be like, yeah, no, it's seasons have changed outside my window. But then like <laughs> watching TV, it's the opposite. It'll be like, I put it on in the background and I'll do something else. And five episodes have played on the TV and I've not realized it. So it's like the opposite experience. And I'm starting to get it now. Like people game for a reason.
2: Game for a reason. Let me, I, w- I want to play an excerpt <laughs> here from, uh, this is a summary for your, Ian Bogost's book *Play Anything*, and he is a yeah, he's a academic. He writes about games and he writes about game theory and like a lot of different things. But his latest book *Play Anything* is about the idea of the importance of play. And I'm just gonna read this bit: "Play is what happens when we accept limitations, narrow our focus, and consequently have fun, which is also how to live a good mm-hmm. life. Manipulating cards to make a poker hand is no different than treating chores and obligations as tools." by which we can discover new happiness. End quote. But I'm looking forward to reading the rest of this book because I've had this on my shelf for a while too. This just seems like a great point for us to like, you know, take a step back and look at how games and playing can really make our lives better. Ben, I know there's something you wanted to mention as well.
1: Yeah, so I've been playing a game called City Skylines. It's not a new game by any stretch. It's really kind of a successor to SimCity and... I've tried to play SimCity a lot. Like, SimCity 2000 was a big thing for me when I was just getting into PC games as a young teen. But the thing is that I never had that much patience for it. It's a very slow kind of game. Like, my cities would always be janky. That would be really (laughs) disappointing to me, especially as the son of a city planner. My dad does this for a living, and I can't do it at all. It's so disappointing. And so coming back to this has been really nice. One, because I have the patience for it now as an adult. And two, just because, like, now, because I want to focus on something that's not the news, that's not like the horrible world outside for several hours. I find that I have the patience for it. Now I'm just going to – I'm telling myself, okay, I'm going to unplug from the news. I'm going to sit down for three hours, and I'm going to do the city equivalent of gardening. Your job in that (laughs) game is just to make everyone happy. And so I'm – getting it really into it. Last night I was like, "Oh, I'm going to put a high school there. Like everyone's going to love this." <laughs> I need to like figure out my trash collection situation. It's very zen and I like it a lot.
3: Do you have alternate site parking? <laughs> I just want to know.
1: I don't know if I've unlocked that yet. Like <laughs> this, this is, is a very New York thing. Yeah, yeah this is, is my first play through the game and so you unlock certain things at certain times and so like i didn't even have to worry about trash pickup until my city was a certain size and then i unlocked the dump ben city skyline sounds great but
2: uh, have you heard the good word of animal crossing come to church yeah, it's basically church. the same yeah. But cuter. <laughs> I did get I a will switch say this. just
1: recently. I got a switch maybe like nice. two to three right. weeks before any of this stuff started happening, and I'm so happy that I did because like yeah. what else am I gonna do? It's taken me off of Twitter in a really great yes. way. Like, holy yeah. crap.
2: Yeah. By the I way, I can't mental, deal with Twitter anymore. Mental health break for everybody, yeah. Get off Twitter, get off social media, just like yeah. do other things. Read, watch movies, whatever. Ben, you picked the best time to get a switch because apparently it is sold out everywhere. Yeah, it's, and prices
3: are insane. Prices
2: are insane. A friend of mine, uh, after I've been telling him for months to get a Switch, decided this week is a time he <laughs> wants to get one. And he was like, okay, guy, well, you're going to pay $400 yep. for, you know, the normal Switch, which costs 300 bucks plus, like, yep. more accessories. And he had to wait a while to get delivered, too. So, yeah, if you have a Switch, consider yourselves lucky and keep an eye out for stock, people, because I feel like there is no better console to survive the apocalypse with right now.
3: So, what you were saying about like playing city skylines as a child reminded me that I was a gamer as a child, too. I did play SimCities. Oh, there I did play go. yeah, various like Burger Island style games. What? <laughs> <Come> <laughs> again? He...
0: No, I know what you're <laughs> talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, no, those all the point and click room escape games. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would play those. I would play flash games. I would also play um find the hidden object games. Mm-hmm that's my entire childhood or well, no. teenage years yeah
0: and this is like the thing everyone well okay not everyone there's but there's a sense that like video games are for a specific audience right yes. like yeah. like yes. they're they're kind of closed off walled off it's a hostile environment right. don't come in but that's just not true most people nowadays especially have grown up playing games like it, even if yeah. it's something like you just described like that totally counts like you you know yeah. the language of games because of that um so yeah that's
2: powerful that's cool I've just never heard the title uh, Burger Island, so do look I'm, it up. I I'm, love Burger. I'm looking it up now. As Petty Melton, Patty Melton, <laughs> yeah. Melton, the new owner of this? the tropical island-based beach burger restaurant, you must grill burgers, cook fries, and blend milkshakes. Yes. Shirlin, you just want like you just want games that translate work for
1: you. Like that's
2: <laughs> or because again, again,
1: you've never not been playing Overcooked. <laughs>
3: I'm never not. It's true. I've been playing Overcooked since before Overcooked.
2: Oh, wow. I'm looking forward to seeing, like, in the future, like, if there's a VR version of Overcooked or something. Shirline's oh, there. my God. Like, well, I said Yeah, oh, that's, no. uh, yeah, there, there are already games like that. I forget the Like name, Job Simulator. There's already Diner one. Dash. Diner Dash, yeah.
3: Diner Dash yeah. is really
2: good. Let me talk about a couple other recommendations. The yes. things that keep me sane, by the way, are just, like, I love me a good Metroidvania and by metroidvania oh. i mean a game that's very similar to like uh you know super super metroid and symphony of the night symphony of the night is one of my favorite games of all time and i'm sure i'm not alone in this it's one of the best games of all time yeah it's one of the best games and also also one of the most copied games because like every other thing <laughs> on steam uh and other platforms like are basically following that format and I understand like it's easy to get um, overwhelmed with all this stuff, but I love it when uh, when there's just like a good one like it just scratches a really great itch of just like you're this character starting off with not many abilities you get stronger over time you unlock a map and it just feels so fulfilling in a way that um. Aww. Yeah, I just really appreciate. It. So, what is it? I'm I'm working my way through Bloodstained, which is the crowdfunded game from uh, one of the folks behind Symphony of the Night. I'm also playing Ori, uh, which I mentioned, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is a much uh, much better Metroidvania than the last Ori game, which I thought was just it looked good, but the combat wasn't great. This one has like actual decent Symphony of the Night style combat, and I mentioned this. It uh it honestly just functions a lot like Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is one of my favorite games of the last decade because that game is so relaxing and chill even though it's incredibly difficult it looks fantastic it's a fun thing to play on the switch it's running at 60 fps on the switch so it's like one of the smoothest looking things you'll ever see on that platform Jess do you have any other like go-to comfort games for you in a time like this
0: um yeah I'm doing a lot of overwatch as always um that's that's kind of my comfort game for now I I used to do a lot yeah. of League of Legends, um, but I need a I need a new PC, I just, so I put League of Legends on the back burner for now. So Overwatch has been my competitive. I really like playing a game with stakes. You know, I like
2: I knowing love Overwatch, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's it's still fun. Um, I I am ready for something else though. And Riot is mm-hmm. working on its own team based shooter. It kind of looks like Counter Strike. Looks pretty cool. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. But it's been Overwatch yeah. and Doom, and, and I want to do Luigi's Mansion Three is my next one. Oh.
2: That's your so, that's your chill relaxing game.
0: Yeah.
3: So Luigi's Mansion three, <laughs> wait Luigi. Luigi's tree. Mansion Three reminds me Super Smash Brothers is another game I've been playing lately, but that's also that's also because my friends want to like fight me and they know I'm weak. Um <laughs> Easy, what? easy, easy target, you know what I mean? Like, good, good, yeah. But <laughs> but it also, another childhood game I used to play, Street Fighter. I used to play Street Fighter all the time with oh, my nice. brother on the computer. Um, but, yeah, Smash is basically that, so.
2: Yeah. I will say there's no there's no better moment of just, like, walking to... Uh, in New York, we have a lot of barcades, which are Ooh. just bars slash arcades, and every yes. one of them has to have, like, a classic Street Fighter machine. Yes. And I will tell you, like, yeah, Street Fighter Two: The World Warriors... Is a formative game for me. Like I spent a lot of time at my local Burger King, where they would kick me out after I played a couple of matches. But that was like the first place I could play it, and then it was like an eighty dollars cartridge on the Super Nintendo. It's crazy. What's, What's everyone's
3: favorite Street Fighter player?
2: Player mm. Chun
3: Li. Ah, uh, I would I would say that for me by actually like uh Blanca or Zangief. A Blanca's
2: lot. good. Yeah. Uh, Zanki, yeah. The character is not many people pick, so good, good I job, love share. Them. Yeah, I know. Sharing some love is
3: my favorite. I have Hello Kitty version
0: of Zanki. It's real cute. <gasps> really cute. Really
2: <No. laughs> cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> eyes just rolled back in her head. And...
0: <laughs> I need to see this. Yeah, to I Dev, what's I'm yours?
2: Happy. I don't. I don't know if I have a favorite, but I do. I am a lover of the like Canon Ryu template. I just I love like it. those core fighters and just like those moves, yeah. like the. The Hadouken move, all the special moves, like those characters taught me how those moves worked, And then those moves translate to things that still show up in other games. So even like Mm freaking Bloodstained has like special weapon abilities if you do a Hadouken movement. And the game doesn't even explicitly say that. It's just like if you're somebody who grew up with games and grew up with Street Fighter, you kind of know this movement. So yeah, let's Street Fighter.
0: I don't know if you guys saw recently, um, I, I added a link to this video in one of my stories, but um, it was there's, there's this guy talking about the language of video games and how it, mm. it can get ingrained in you as a child. And if it isn't, mm. how hard it is to get into video games, you know, as an adult, and oh. which is one reason yeah. a lot of women are like, I don't understand because they weren't in, indoctrinated as children. They don't speak the language. Um, mm-hmm. and, so you're saying yeah.
3: things like level up or like uh, KO and stuff like that? That sort of well, language. no, not even
0: not even the words. Like the actual, oh. just knowing that pressing A is usually going to jump, um, or you yeah. know, you can dash usually with this button, or if you see something glowing, you should try to hit it or attach yourself to it, or you know, like there there are just certain right. unspoken is... things like the Hadouken that we just kind of understand, yeah. um, and it, it's hard for right. people to get past that as adults. I think. Um, I mean, unless you find something that really draws I... you in, like Overcooked. <laughs>
2: It's tough. It's tough. I will say like uh, this is one big benefit of like mobile gaming because yeah. then it's just it is just a screen. It's just a touch screen. And let me tell you, like, uh, like my daughter, Sophia, at at like 10 months, she was up there like swiping and doing stuff because she knows if she yep. touches the screen, something happens. And like the mm-hmm. mechanics there are really easy for her to like understand. So all the kids growing up with touchscreens and everything, they're they're getting this stuff. They're being yep. indoctrinated quickly our feature will be touch screens and like manipulative uh, gestures just like this. So yep. also another, another Sophia story. She, she knows what remotes do. So she will like grab the Apple TV remote and just like point it at the TV and just like start hitting buttons and swiping things. But if she grabs, if she goes to another room, she will look for the remote and then oh like either point it at the TV or like point it at other electronic objects. So <gasps> she like, she has put two and two together and she's learned so she cute. can control this thing with this device it's just that's
0: clever that's very smart it's a magic wand for her it's a magic wand
1: it's perfect um one thing about babies and technology i've heard that people uh have been teaching their toddlers to be courteous like nice to alexa don't just yell at alexa (laughs) like Mm -hmm. say please and thank you oh you think that's going to be something that you teach to sophia
2: Oh, most definitely. Because, um, listen, the future, our future is going to be run by robots and robot companions. So I want her to be respectful of the robots because we've all seen the animatrix feature of how, you know, society fell apart was because humanity got a little too full of itself, didn't respect the robots. Robots get angry. So, but no, <laughs> I, I think in general, we want to teach her that to also... um Just be kind to objects in general. Like, you don't want her throwing things, not even robots, uh, but Mm. like toys and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, be respectful, be nice. It's it's a very simple thing. I also have to mention another game I've been playing over the past week. Um, Did you all know Valve, the company behind Half Life, has finally released another Half Life game? It's it's insane. Like, 13 years after the end of uh, Half Life Episode 2. We've been waiting for it forever.
0: No, we haven't
2: been waiting for this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank we you have not been. We have not been waiting for Half-Life, Alex. We, we have been, been waiting, waiting for Half-Life. I, two I will say.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so, and Jess, I know um, you've got a lot of opinions on this topic because uh, you wrote about it. Uh, what? What? You wrote a piece for us. Yeah. What, can you? Can you summarize?
0: Yeah. No, I. Uh, I honestly didn't think this was going to be that controversial, but apparently it is. (laughs) Uh, I saw this as the logical conclusion to a lot of reporting I've done about Valve literally over like almost a decade.
2: Um, Yes. So
0: so Valve is given a free pass by a lot of players. Um, Valve is held up as the epitome of what a game company should be, even Mm. though they, again, have not released... A, a game in their most popular series in 13 years and they haven't released a game in any series except for a card game based on Dota that everyone hated and then yeah, they just yeah. and then they just released a new version of that game for some reason. I'm just saying
2: I, I love the story it. I, I love Jess that you're usually very calm and collected but once we start talking about Valve you turn into the YouTuber that we also love like the ranting YouTuber. It's amazing. It's great I... So yeah <laughs> I reviewed Half Life Alex, which is the VR prequel to Half Life 2. It is not the sequel a lot of people have been waiting for. So Ugh. I can understand why you're frustrated, Jess. I'm frustrated. Uh, Nate Ingram is also very frustrated. He is like Ugh. our resident Half Life fanboy on the site. He wrote a piece, uh, I think, a year or two ago about how, yeah, how, just, how he just kind of gave up waiting for new Half Life. Well, let me tell you Half Life is back in VR form. <laughs> And it is not quite, yeah, what everybody wanted. But I will say after spending a week in the game and close to 15 hours of it, um, I'm close to the ending from what I can tell. Because one character was just like, you better get all your upgrades now because uh, we're not coming back here. Um, It is, to me, I think a conceptual sequel. Like the thing about Valve, and I'm not going to like mythologize them too much. But I think they've done a good job with the Half-Life games of, like, in general, pushing mediums forward, right? So the first Half-Life, I, I think, was, like, a landmark moment for unstructured narrative in games. There weren't cutscenes; You were controlling Gordon Freeman as, like, cinematic-esque moments were happening around you. And you were, like, a participant in that experience. And that's something that a lot of games do, but we haven't really talked about it much recently until, like, God of War was like, oh, I'm, we're going to do all this game in one long take you know, and see how immersive that is. And that's that's the impact of Half-Life. Half-Life 2 was all about physics. And that probably doesn't sound super exciting, but that also kind of transformed the way we thought of 3D environments because the gravity gun in that game kind of was something that similar things showed up in other games. The ability to interact with environments in 3D was a big deal after Half-Life 2. So now like, okay, what do, what do they do? After trying to go episodic with Half Life Two, Episode One and Two, they just didn't have anywhere to go. Uh, they've in only plenty had of interviews, thirteen years you, to think about it. <laughs> they've had thirteen years to think about it. I've heard the excuses in interviews: is that um, they didn't know how else to push it forward. You know, they didn't know like what mechanic, what thing they can build a story around. Otherwise, it would just be more Half Life. And I don't know if that's that's what they didn't want. So on the one hand, like. I understand the, the frustration i'm a frustrated gamer who still wants to see the conclusion to the half life story i'm also somebody who appreciates it when you know artists and creators can just like do what they want to you know like there is there's something to like the rock star uh ah. philosophy where they like yeah i have a pie. listen <laughs> yeah and you got feelings there too but they have these are big companies these are big very successful developers whereas so many other developers are beholden to like bigger corporate structures, you know? Um, so you're either a big, powerful, rich developer like uh, valve or rockstar. You're one of the mid range folks like beholden to the bigger corporations, or you're like an indie developer that has the freedom to kind of do whatever you want, but not the resources. So to me as a player, seeing a company that just has literally limitless money, just like as many, as much resources as they want, explore games and explore environments. Uh, I'm usually there for their, you know, for the journey. I will certainly criticize Valve. Like I'm not a fan of card games. I don't like Dota. Hmm. So I don't, most of the games they've produced over the past decade, I don't really care about. This one though, I, I think it's, uh, it's more Half-Life. It is a good game. It's a great, like the, it's well-written. I love the VR mechanics, the gravity gloves in it are just straight up magic it's great you point your fingers at an object you flick your wrist it comes sailing towards you effortlessly and you catch it with your what? hands what you are you playing it. with i'm playing it on the valve index which is the crazy okay. one thousand dollar VR headset it is the best way to play the game which also made by valve uh is you it standalone
3: yeah. or is it room based
2: it's, it's uh no, yeah, it's oh. both. It's both. I don't, I don't really like room-based VR, to be honest. Like, yeah, I don't want to be walking around my room quite a bit, so I'm playing it standing up. You can also play it sitting down. But what's really great is that, yeah, you know, Valve is at least playing nice with everybody else. You can play this on the Oculus Quest. You can play this on the Oculus Rift. You can play it on Windows Mixed Reality headsets. Anything that supports Steam VR, also Valve's platform, but anything that supports that will play this game. And oh. I, I thought that was kind of nice.
0: I do want to clarify. And and I, this is clear. <laughs> this is clear in, in my story and in my video. It's uh-huh. not an entitlement thing. It's not like I really want to <laughs> play Half Life Three. Like honestly, no, it's not. Um, it's it's this idea that uh, <laughs> you compared Valve to Rockstar. Yes, Rockstar consistently updates Grand Theft Auto. They consistently release new games in Grand Theft Auto and their other series. Like they well, haven't fully consistently... in a while.
2: But, Consistently, but like with very, very long delays. Not right? long, not like,
0: 13 years. Not 13 years, <laughs>
2: but compared to every other studio, compared to like getting a new Call of Duty every year. No, but right? okay, like about Rockstar is pretty different. slow. Activision
0: yeah. is different and Activision is in control. Yes. Rockstar is answering to 2K. Rockstar yeah. has investors that they have to, the parent company and investors, they have to tell what they're doing. They have to say, we're creating a new game because our players want it. Valve doesn't mm-hmm. have that. Valve is a private company, blah, blah, blah. I love that they have. No, I'm serious. I love yeah, Valve. Yeah. I love that they have the resources to do whatever the hell they want. I want more companies yeah. like that because when they do amazing things, when they do release a new game, they're fantastic games. Like you said, mm. Half Life Alex. I do not doubt that it's an amazing game. I've seen a lot of gameplay. I'm really into it. Um, my my gripe with Valve is that uh, that yes, they do get a free pass, and it and it is it is <laughs> it is always like. Like, okay, they're doing the right thing. They're doing the right thing. Even though no player that's been asking for, for these games and these features, they're not getting these things. Yes. Um, like Half-Life Alex is contained to VR platforms, which is fine. But it's also indicative of where Valve wants players to be. This isn't mm-hmm. exactly where players want to be. This is where Valve wants players to be, which is what they did with Half-Life 2. They made sure. you have to install Steam in order to play Half-Life 2. And now you have to buy a VR headset in order to play Half Life Alex. This is Valve trying to make VR, happen. and that's fine. That's fine. Um, I just I don't know if it's if it's viable, if it's actually in the best interest of consumers. I don't know if Valve is actually listening, or if they even care about giving players. Like right. anything, anything that like I would love another Left for Dead, <laughs> another Portal.
2: I'm. I, you sound like you sound like somebody at church, Jess, just like railing against God. Like why well, would you do listen too, to baby. me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's what it sounds like. I'm, why, why? I totally hear you. No, like, Valve, yeah, yeah, yeah. Valve inhabits this really unique space. Listen, Steam prints money. Dota, a yeah. lot of their games print money. Yeah. So yeah, they they can just do whatever the hell they want. I would hope like they start doing things um here's the thing like i don't want every company to just be kotoing to what the consumer wants too because it's not always good of course not but there there is a good balance there there's certainly a good way for like valve to like maybe figure out a way to move half-life forward that is more accessible to everybody and this is how i entered my review like half-life alex is a great game but it is not half-life 3 it's not what gamers have been waiting for and i really hope eventually we get that I I would love for more cool things to be happening in VR, but it takes companies to uh, take some risks. And that's what mm-hmm. this is. This is a big gamble. It's not going to make every gamer happy. I think as a game, it's very successful. And as a show off of like the uh, immersiveness of VR, it is fantastic. But yeah,
1: I understand your are right, Jess. Like it's, it's totally the same. I mm-hmm. get it. Okay. Yeah. Enough high minded games talk. Headcrabs in VR. Scary. Yes or no? Yes, Head Crabs in
2: VR are scary. Go look at our gaming uh, go look at my video review of it too cuz there's a sequence where like uh, one of the first head crabs comes towards me. I was just like mm. I'm not prepared. It is on my face. I'm shaking my head around. I'm moving my hands. It's a it's a terrifying experience cuz like your field of vision is uh is
3: obscured, yeah.
2: obscured by this giant sexually evocative crab oh, mouth on your face. Uh, we know what you're doing, Valve. We know what you're all doing. Everyone Ugh. saw H.R. Gregor's stuff. Like, we get it. Um, but it's on your face, and, like, the sound is positional. So it's also, like, surrounding you, so you can hear it, like, sucking your brains out. So that's fun. And then then I learned to kill it, though. And then, like, you could do mm-hmm. things where, like, in VR, if it's coming at you and you grab it at the right moment, you could grab it out of the air. Just grab that sucker as nice. it's trying to come to your face and shoot it and throw it against the wall. There is a Mm -hmm. sequence where you're facing off a blind enemy that has like super hearing capabilities. It's sort Mm -hmm. of like uh, the nemesis in Resident Evil. It is this thing that will just like hear you and like come chasing after you. So you spend that entire sequence, like over an hour of the game, just like walking slowly through different areas, throwing bottles to distract this creature while you try to make noise to escape into another room. (laughs) And, it is oh, that one sounds of the, amazing. It's amazing. It's one of the best gameplay experiences I've ever had. Like, just mm-hmm. leaning up against a virtual wall, throwing a bottle in a corner, hoping this damn monster named Jeff uh, mm-hmm. does not see me while I like, collect objects and, like, go do things. And, like, you know, it is it's, it's an experience you ju- just could not have in the same way on mm-hmm. a flat screen. You could do it. You could design the sequence. It's been done with games like uh, Amnesia. But it's not as effective and certainly not as scary. Like talk about raising your heart rate Mm -hmm. when you can't see the world around you. And all you see is like the hellscape of uh, the half-life world. It is, it's just so much more evocative, but I will say playing a game with like a horrific pandemic uh, quarantine Mm -hmm. zone is, is kind of a wild thing to be going through today. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were actually invited to go up to Seattle to play uh, this game for like a demo And we had to cancel our trip because of the actual pandemic we're Mm -hmm. facing in reality. So I love what
0: Valve does. I'm so happy that Half Life Alex exists. I just, I honestly think we can we can demand more. I I hate saying that to gamers. I'm so. Oh god. Oh god. But like, (laughs) yeah, we like we. I think with Valve, maybe if we apply the same standard we apply to the rest of the industry to Valve, uh, we. I mean, maybe there could be some pressure to to get some some stuff happening but that's okay
2: they're certainly not free from criticism and also thank you jess for launching that editorial right before the review so that all the valve (laughs) all our valve readers can come yell at me too it's fun it's great time you should see my my timeline (laughs) yeah it's not great man it's so great
3: so i've been working on a guide to uh, taking and filling out the census online so this year 2020 it, the US is conducting its uh, decennial I guess which mm-hmm. means every 10 years uh, census so census 2020 and this is the first time uh, that you can do it over the phone and online in addition to filling out the form and mailing it back which is it makes sense because the last time we you know you guys had to do this was 2010 yep. and now 2020 clearly things have a moved lot's on. happened yeah everyone has computers everyone should have a computer if you don't you still can do the good old paper and pen route or call someone on the phone it's still problematic but the goal with the census is to get a good idea of the population and so it's important that everyone do this and it's also mandated by the constitution so you got it um so yeah check that guide should be up uh by the time this podcast is up i'm working on something else interesting that i don't want to like tell everyone about right now yet because people steal ideas um but Mm -hmm. i will say i will say that um after my therapy guide was published i got a lot of uh feedback more from other mental health companies which is pretty par for the course but uh <laughs> they want attention
2: like, too okay yeah they're them. like
3: look you forgot about us and but the thing is that i that's what i kind of welcome this time around usually it's kind of like ugh people who like don't really need to be featured want their names in an article this time around it's like other people really doing good stuff like a company that just launched two days after the article went live saying that they have free digital health check-ins. They have free group therapy sessions with licensed therapists. Um, I, I, there are a lot of good options that I would like to talk about, but I do want to like assess them for myself before I mention names or give recommendations. Um, But yeah, no, stay tuned because maybe I'll have a good recommendation next time. But what have you been working on, Dev?
2: Uh, I just got in Dell's XPS 13. I talked about that around our CES time. the XPS 13 has always been my favorite ultra portable like over over the last couple of years this new one just refines everything like I I feel like I've painted myself into a corner a bit because I called last year's model the perfect ultra portable and now it's like more perfect than perfect so Mm -hmm. it's it's tough I don't use absolutes this is why we don't use
3: superlatives yes exactly you know
2: but it's it's so good it's just so good keyboard's good screen's good not not much bezel. It feels very light. Uh it's powerful enough to play some like basic games because oh. Intel's 10th gen processors have better integrated graphics. So it's a really nice all around machine. So just kind of diving into that. The real question is how I record a video of that because uh things are hard here in New mm. York right now, folks. Um you know, we don't have a quarantine or a stay in place order, but that is the smartest thing to do because right now New York is the hardest hit place uh by the coronavirus uh here in america so yeah. that, well, but that's outside, of,
3: outside of new york jess what's it like over in arizona where you are
0: um it's actually it probably feels similar to what you guys are going through there's no shelter in place mm-hmm. order but um but everyone is staying home as much as possible mm-hmm. the streets look different the stores are ransacked yeah
3: what have you been working on amid all of that
0: oh right right <laughs> work uh, no, yeah. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so I'm working on some stuff with eSports and how that's evolving under coronavirus, Um, and I might also be playing some Resident Evil 3. I don't know. I don't know.
3: Nice! Maybe. Nice. (laughs) I would love to play that. I love the movie series. Yeah, yeah. love is a strong word love is a strong word for that let's just
2: spend a minute on this um so i'm just like willy walking hand on my you know uh, under my head should let's talk about your love for the resident evil movie series
3: stop oh my gosh i like the first one i like zombies all right i like killing zombies that's why half-life sounds like a good game to me doom sounded fun but i can't i I don't like PC games that much. I guess I don't know. I do.
2: I do feel like eventually we'll be able to supercut all your bad zombie movie <laughs> recommendations as like as like a clip. So that'll be fun because uh, we World were just War talking Z. about World War Z too, which <laughs> is like, oh rough. man, that's rough. Rough. Movie. I like
3: it was a good romp. It was like if you read the book and you had expectations for that movie, you hated the movie, and I did. I did for a, for a really long time yeah, hate yeah, that yeah. movie, but I had after expectations coming back, of somebody to it,
2: who likes you know good movies. So. Oh
3: stop! Yikes. Oh yeah. stop!
2: Let's talk about picks, real quick. uh, Real quick, (laughs) I want to throw a shout out to Mr. Robot season four, the final season. I think the show started off really strong and had a lot of buzz early on. It just feels like conversation around Mr. Robot kind of fizzled out. Mm. But it's such a perfect, angry, like anti-capitalist show that we kind of need right now season two is rough but if you have not seen mr robot just go watch the pilot because i think it is one of the best pilots ever made it is just fantastic i love the creator sam ismail uh actually did an interview with him a couple years ago over doing so go check that out but he is he's just a smart guy and he's evolved into a really great director too he did homecoming on amazon which was like an adaptation of that mm. uh podcast he is just he has this great like style like he's just very good with imagery right now and his writing is super solid at this point so Mr. Robot season two was not that great but I think season three kind of course corrected and season four just pushes things to like a crazy level so I just finished the series I think it's a perfect ending for these characters and for the show itself and uh, I'm glad it exists so Mr. Robot's on USA I think you can watch some of the earlier seasons on Amazon Prime right now also on Amazon I've been checking out Tales from the Loop the new series based on the art from Simon Stalinhag. And you've probably seen this shared around the internet. It is just like, you know, very quiet uh, countryside imagery with sci-fi tints. So like you'll see a giant robot or you'll see huge buildings in the background or something. So this is an anthology series based on his imagery, not based on like the mythology he's written around that imagery. So I'm really digging it. Uh, We're going to have an interview with Nathaniel Halpern, the showrunner. Uh, and I believe it's premiering by the time you will be hearing this podcast. So check that mm-hmm. out on Amazon Prime.
3: So my pick this week is a somewhat of a rehammer home the point sort of situation because you mentioned your uh, zombie movie. Zomb- you, you said you, you came after me for zombie <laughs> show recommendations. Yeah. So you know what? Yeah. I'm going to tell you, Kingdom, Kingdom, Kingdom. Like, honestly, I finished season two recently this past week. Didn't
2: you just and- recommend Kingdom?
3: I did, and I want to re like, t- 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 I recommend a season one, You're repeating recommended season you your one two. good
2: recommendation, so let's go. Yeah, let's well, go, Stop. Shirley. I'm
3: going to find another good recommendation <laughs> after this, but I want you to remember, Devendra, that I recommend the Kingdom, and it's a good one. <laughs> Don't make me cry. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say that Kingdom is not only a good zombie flick because it also goes into the reason mm-hmm. for people turning into vir- uh, zombies and everything like that. It also shows us a very brilliant leader at the helm, taking charge and leading his country. Mm. Not only just like in terms of, like he has multi-pronged approaches like to things where first he needs to settle the infection and preventing it from spreading, making sure people are protected. But he also makes sure people have food to eat. He makes sure that the poorest people are taken care of and the richest people are not going wild with their greed. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff just feels like something we want in the real world right yeah, now. Yeah,
2: you know, Charlene, I think strong leaders only exist in fiction right now. It's so sad. It is, it's,
3: it's so sad. It's kind of but sad. Yeah. I know. Honestly. I know. So, so, so that's another reason to watch it. Go for the zombies, but stay for the excellent strategy and leadership of this, this crown prince, whom I love, again, played by Chu Ji-hun, my baby. Well, Jess is my baby also. Jess, what is your pick? <laughs> well, I've been doing a little off-screen reading
0: um Ooh. so ninth house by lee bardugo i think Ooh. that's how you say her okay. name okay. ninth house um it's okay it's like this magic yale dark kind of mystery story with a strong woman at the center of it it's a. Uh, it's it's pretty enjoyable so far i'm i'm really just nice. starting but i am i'm into it i am happy to dive into a new book anytime it's such a good feeling like you know, halfway through a really good book, how you're just like, "Oh, I never want this to end. I could do yeah, this." Yeah, I hours. do this. Yeah, but like, it takes a while to get there. So, like, I'm on yeah. that climb toward that point, but it's gonna happen. I can feel it with this book. So, it's it's pretty good so far. Yeah. Nice.
3: What's it about? Is it, you said magic, Yale, dark Yale. So, it's basically about people finding magic. Yeah, there's this woman. There's a secret society, and there's
0: murder and, and darkness, and um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool.
2: That's All right.
3: Well, that's it for the episode this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own managing editor, Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Davindra online at
2: at Davindra on Twitter, and I podcast about movies and TV at film.com at the slashfilmcast there. You can bet I'll never be talking about World War Z again. Although, we did review it, so go check out that Oy. review.
3: <laughs> Oi. You can find a much lovelier person, Jess Condit, online at... <laughs> at Jess Condit on Twitter, two T's, and Jess L. Condit on Instagram. You should definitely check out Jess's uh, Instagram. he has got a lot of good food pictures. Meanwhile if you want very boring content and a lot of very dry humor i'm at shirlin Lowe on twitter email us your thoughts and feedback at podcast at leave us a review on itunes and subscribe on any podcast platform including spotify with that we're out and stay safe everyone